0: BFM 89.9. Good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kunnison. Late last month, Delivery Hero confirmed to Bloomberg that they are considering selling part of its Southeast Asian operations, including the Food Panda brand. It should be noted that these were noted as very early discussions, very prelim- preliminary discussions. Bloomberg noted that the deal would include the food deliveries platforms operation in Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Myanmar, Laos, and the Philippines. However, if the sale were to take place. The remaining Food Panda markets of Bangladesh, Hong Kong, Pakistan and Taiwan were noted as apparently not being, uh, would, not, would apparently remain with Delivery Hero for the time being. Uh, this comes as Delivery Hero has been focusing on reaching profitability while maintaining growth as investor confidence in the company started to wane a bit after the pandemic boosted, uh, after the pandemic driven boost and growth that it saw. Uh, Delivery Hero is to be confirmed is the current parent of Food Panda. For some context here. According to Momentum Works food delivery platforms in Southeast Asia 2023 report, whilst uh, Foodpanda is the second largest platform in the region by gross merchandise value in all its four major markets, it is trading behind Grab. Today on Enterprise BizBytes, we'll try to shed some light into this potential sale, the rationale for it, and some of the possible implications. We're also going to take the opportunity to touch on the viability of food delivery as a standalone business, and how Foodpanda is navigating the tougher business environment environment and reduced workforce that we saw earlier this year uh, with that in mind we're joined today by both Simon Huang who is the Chief Analyst at Tech in Asia as well as Jiangan Lee who's the Founder and CEO of Momentum Works. Uh, gentlemen can you both hear me? Yes I can hear you perfectly well good afternoon guys. Good afternoon Jiangan. Simon are you there?
1: Yes, I am. Can hear you well. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Uh, folks, if you have any questions, any thoughts that you want to share with us, you can WhatsApp us on our U Mobile number at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Uh Gents, let's start off with the first question here, right? Which is the potential sale that's been bandied about uh, from about food Panda has been generated. Quite a bit of news and interest, although that was about two weeks ago. Um, What does this suggest, I guess, about Delivery Hero's direction and what it means uh, for Food Panda, Uh, Simon? Could I just begin with you on this, given that you uh, you pay attention to a lot of the public listed uh, tech startups in this space?
1: Yeah, sure, uh, Rohan. Thank you. So this isn't, um, I think, it's not news that Food, sorry, Delivery Hero has um, been looking for ways to offload the mm. food plant Southeast Asia business. There were reports of talks at the end of last year for the Thai food plant business to be sold to Lai Man Wong Nai, which is a food delivery platform in Thailand. So they have been looking, I think, to deprioritize Southeast Asia for a while. And this is just part of it. The more surprising... Uh, news was actually the identity of like uh, the rumored identity of the buyer being. <laughs> uh, I think, I think to me, that was that did come as a, a bit of a surprise, yeah.
0: Sorry, Simon, I think you cut off with us a little bit there. Uh, the rumored oh. identity of the bidder was
1: a uh, grab being, oh. being grab, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, we'll, um, we'll touch on.
0: Yeah, Price. we'll touch a little bit on the potential acquirers here as well. But that was the rumoured name that came about uh, when all these reports started coming out. Uh, Jiang Han, anything to add to that in terms of um, what this suggest about Delivery Hero's uh, direction and what it means for Food Panda? I think we have seen
2: a post-pandemic uh, rationalization of the whole delivery business across the world, right? And uh, and also that's combined with the rising interest rates. So everybody's trying to achieve pro- um, profitability. Uh, delivery Hero being a multi-continental sort of business, they have uh, operations in different countries. So obviously they have to look at, okay, the portfolio of their businesses to, to rationalize um, which ones they could potentially like win the market and which ones that, that they had lower chance to win the market. Uh, I think in Southeast Asia, since their market share is uh, far behind Grab, um, there might be, I mean, uh, it, it's perfect normal for them to look at it to say that, okay, do we still want to invest in this, in this business? If we do, how much will it take? And if we don't, I mean, how, how do we best use our resources? Um, bearing in mind that in terms of cash position, Grab is
0: at a at much better position compared to Delivery Hero um, as a group. Uh, Jenga, maybe I can follow up by asking a little bit about uh, Mm -hmm. do you have any insights in terms of the evolving nature between Food Panda and, uh, and the relationship with Delivery Hero over the last few years
2: Mm, yes, uh, Foodpanda was actually incubated by Rocket Internet in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. actually started in Singapore, I think, in 2012, and uh, it was acquired by Delivery Hero. I can't remember the exact year, but it uh, should be around 2017, 2018, before Delivery Hero went uh, IPO in Germany. So so obviously has been part of the group uh, for a while. And, uh, of course, uh, things evolved in 2020 or 2021 since Delivery Hero acquired um, Ua Brothers in South Korea which now still accounts to, uh, I think, 70% of the volume of uh, the whole group in Asia. So, 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 so that changed the dynamics a little, little bit. I mean, you have very profitable and much larger business in Asia and, and uh, you also have uh, this, this um, uh, I think, large segment of food panel businesses across multiple countries uh, whose combined uh, value is probably less than half the, uh, compared to
0: what they have in South Korea. Simon, anything to add to what Jengen uh, brought up there?
1: About yeah, the relationship. Um, yeah, I think in terms of the relationship, I mean I'm not I'm not inside mm. either company, but my my impression um has been that food panda, you know, has been run pretty independently. If you look at the current CEO, Jacob Um Anjale, he has actually never been, you know, with Food Panda uh, Delivery Hero previously, right? His experience uh, was in other companies before he came in to lead Food Panda. And I think it's difficult to run a Southeast Asia Food delivery company when you're headquartered in Berlin. So I do think, you know, even though they are a subsidiary, you know, it's been pretty um, independent, the relationship. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, it's no secret there's been a lot of talk about uh, Grab possibly being an acquirer here the sale does happen. Although there are some antitrust concerns here. And this was uh, as well highlighted by a CGSCMB analyst report or note. Then this was cited by TechNode, uh, pla- the TechNode uh, online platform just uh, two days ago. Um, So maybe I can get a sense from you guys in terms of uh, what's being bandied about as the potential price here and who are the potential acquirers if we expand that vision a little bit. Uh, Simon?
1: Yeah, so in terms of the price, I think the only info I have was from that German report. It was like around a billion euros and then... Some other people said that, oh, that is actually, you know, much uh, lower than, than what they were expecting. I don't think we really have a, an, an idea of, as to how, you know, how much it would be um, for now. Yeah.
0: So no real clarity there. I know there was that, that billion dollar, uh, billion euro number was bandied about, but not yes. sure where it came from. Uh, it came from the, the German report, of course, but where that number came from, not entirely sure. Uh, Jiangan, anything to add to that? I'm actually curious who is the party who leaked this, uh, this
2: story <laughs> to the German uh, the G- German report because I didn't know if this is a discussion which is privy to only a few people. Yeah, and uh, clearly somebody had the incentive to let the public know about it. Uh, I don't know who that person is, but, uh, but 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 coming from purely from business and strategy point of view, uh, if I were grab, I would not, I would probably not pay a billion euros mm-hmm. for that because. Um, um, if you look at the trend for the last two to three years, um, uh, food panel in Southeast Asia has been losing market share to Grab. So, if I were Grab, uh, I would I would wait a bit until you lose more market share and uh, and get it get it with a bargain, or I negotiate really hard for a lower price. So. Um, and, of course, um, I do believe that if delivery here is looking for a sale, they probably approach parties uh, more than Grab. They probably approached, uh other potential buyers, probably even try in China, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but but I don't think anybody from outside the region would be willing to pay a price um, that's, uh, that Grab is prepared to pay, even though I still think that $1 billion is probably too high for Grab.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when we look at this, I think it just makes good news headline to say that Grab is a potential bidder but there are other potential people in the food delivery space that are looking to grow. Um, You've Mm -hmm. got Shopee Food as well, a few other players in the space. Um, uh, Simon, Mm -hmm. any any sense of uh, the the companies or the entities in the region who have the appetite and and ability to undergo uh, acquisition uh, like this if it were to go through?
1: Yeah, I... I'm doubtful about about Shopee. Um, I think they have, uh, you know, they have other battles to fight at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. in their e-commerce business as well. So, yeah, I I, 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 I can't really identify too many mm-hmm. um, players in the region because it's, it's really quite consolidated, right? So in Thailand, you do have um, um, Liman Wong Nai, which is the local Thai um, food delivery company. Over there, it may make sense for them if they're just doing... Um, acquisition the time market right because that consolidates their position there yeah mm, but in terms of other players yeah i i, I don't I don't know if there are that that many uh, at this point as well in in the uh, economic cycle that we're in um that will actually want to to make the acquisition unless there are some synergies with the existing businesses and I guess that's why grab is the natural um potential uh a buyer for for some of these assets.
0: Um, uh, Jianan, any other names that you mentioned uh, a Chinese name earlier that could be a potential bidder or at least would have the the appetite and capacity for something like this any other names come to mind when you think about this? Uh, I I think the Chinese
2: bidder would probably um, be willing to look at it because I mean Meituan right which is the leading platform in China which has a good cash position which is now competing against Food Panda in Hong Kong they just entered Hong Kong uh, I think in May this year so um, so they probably have uh, the, the, the the appetite and uh, and capacity to expand into Southeast Asia but the question is that are they willing to take over Foot panda because knowing that okay um it's, it's not just about paying a price right you have to manage the business afterwards mm-hmm. you have to send your executives you have to deal with the legacy and you have to turn around the losing market share etc so so I think there are lots of considerations going behind it so so acquisition would not be straightforward saying that okay I pay this price then things things will become uh straightforward right just look at i mean what happened with lazada after alibaba acquisition so it's a lot of work afterwards
0: yeah and of course it might not be another player it could be uh, someone else looking to enter the business or even a group of investors who maybe think that they can do better and wait for a better market time to take the to sell the company again or to take it public um Gentlemen, we need to go into a few messages. We'll be back in just a bit to get into the viability of the food delivery business as a standalone business. I think this is the crux of the conversation as well. That's leading to a lot of this uh, news. Folks, I've been speaking with Simon Huang, the Chief Analyst at Tech in Asia, and Jangan Li, who is the founder, of CEO, founder and CEO of Momentum Works. And we were talking about the potential sale of Foodpanda by Delivery Hero. Up next, we'll talk about the viability of the food delivery business. Let us know what you think of on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. I'm Roshan Karnison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Bright, formidable media. BFM. The Business Station. BFM 89.9. That was Lenny Kravitz with Fly Away. And you're now listening to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kunnison. Earlier on the show, we explored the potential sale of Food Panda. Now we're going to explore the viability of food delivery as a standalone business and using Food Panda as an example here in terms of how it's navigating the tougher business environment. Um, helping me with this conversation has been Simon Huang. He's the chief analyst over at Tech in Asia. Also with us on this call is uh, Jiang Gan. He's Jiangan Li, he's the founder and CEO of Momentum Works. Um, gentlemen, thanks for sticking along here. Hope you enjoyed listening to Lenny Kravitz. There, uh in the face of this tougher business environment and in the, and the fact that uh, Food Panda has had to reduce their workforce over the last year, um, maybe could you give us a sense in terms of how you think Food Panda can adapt its business model to remain competitive in the food delivery industry? Because right? a lot of it remains maybe the sentiment around this. Uh, Simon, given that uh, you kind of pay attention to this. Uh, to grab to the, the overall scene as well, uh, tell us a little bit about the business model of delivery and um, how Foodpanda can adapt.
1: Thanks, Oshan. I feel like flying away as well when I. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you look at yeah, Foodpanda, the difference between Foodpanda and Grab, obviously in terms of the business, is that Foodpanda stand uh, mostly stand alone in deliveries. They don't have a ride hailing business. They don't have a financial services business. Where Scrap is able to offer, uh, you know, a more sort of comprehensive suite of services. So what, if you look at what Food Panda has been doing, um, um, you know, recently, uh, firstly, they, they have been focused on what they call quick commerce, which is um, delivering, you know, items very quickly to you within an hour. If you want to order like ice cream, you want to order Anadol from the convenience shop, you know, instead of going there yourself, um, they, they they can do that for you quickly. That's one area that they have focused on in recent times. And the second area that um, they have done a lot of, even this year as well, is announcing a lot of partnerships with other platform companies. So for example, they had a partnership with TADA, which is a ride-hailing company, um, You know, giving sort of like benefits. If you are a TADA user, you get some benefits to use Foodpanda and vice versa. So in that sense, by doing that, um, they are trying to, uh, you know, sort of like gain the the benefits of having um uh, sort of like a white hailing partner without actually having a right hailing business. The effectiveness of the partnership, of course, it's, ha- it's hard to say. I think is 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 if you have that business, you know, under your it's part of your company, it's a lot easier to to make these like connections work. But that's um something they have been trying to do. Yeah. So um hand it over to uh Gianca. Jenga,
2: uh, anything to add to that? I mean, in, in my opinion, it seems that uh, I mean, uh, I think someone once said, right, when you're drawn in, the last thing you want to do is to struggle, right? I mean, do like lots of different, different, different posters and stuff. So it seems to me that uh, they are still not very focused. They're trying different things to try to uh, try to to make the the, the sort of unit you know, economics make the economics work. Um, but but for food delivery as a core business, I, I think they need to make sure that this business itself is break even or or, or or I mean even better profitable. <laughs> right? And this this business depends on three things: um, volume, density, and operational efficiency. So if I were food panda, I think I think the first thing I would do is probably to focus in this markets. Um, I do remember last year I was in Langkawi and I went to this, this small campground called Campo Ulu Malaka. I see like four to five food panda riders there. Um so so obviously we'll not have a lot of orders from, from, from that camp, but still it takes the resources, it takes the management attention to operate in these like a small towns, small cities. Um we also did some uh, uh, uh market sort of analysis and we realized that uh, I think I think in twenty twenty-one food panda's market share in Malaysia was actually the same as as uh, as uh, Grab, but in Kuala Lumpur or in the Valley. They were like 10 percentage points behind. So mm. so, 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 to my opinion, right, I think they should have um, or they should focus on a few key areas, really build up the volume and, and, and density so that uh, the unit economics will start to make sense.
0: I mean, overall, I just wonder whether um, delir- food delivery business as a standalone venture is sustainable in the longer term. Um, Simon, I know you'd like to look at the, at the financial reports. We've had the chats about this before. Uh, give us a sense of the profitability or the viability of food delivery businesses as a standalone venture. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I do think it is viable uh, if you have the right scale. I think Chiang Kang has mentioned a few factors right, that are important. And if you look at Deliveroo in the UK, they are the market leader in the UK. Um, of course, they have a Presence, uh, presence also as well, including in Singapore. But yeah, if you just concentrate on the UK, they they are the market leader there, and they were actually profitable in the first half of 2023. Uh, of course, this is on an adjusted EBITDA basis, and you know there's always a debate about like how you post EBITDA, but everyone sort of refers to that anyway. So that's one example. And if you look at DoorDash in the US, which is mainly still focused on food delivery as well in the US, they have also been profitable. Um, for quite you know a number of quarters, so I do think that standalone food delivery is viable, but you need to have the scale.
0: Uh, Jengan, is uh, standalone food delivery, in your view, given the market research you've done in this space as well, uh, how viable is it as a standalone business model?
2: I think at the end of the day, it's viable, and uh, I mean there that, that, that are two pathways, right? Either you become the, the largest in a country with a significant scale, so that you can derive operational efficiency, or you focus on a niche market uh, with uh, with a bit of a uh, sort of a high order value, etc. Like what delivery, uh, what Simon mentioned, right? What delivery rule is doing in Singapore, mm-hmm. they, they they focus on. Premium. It's not a big market, but it, but it, it can be a profitable market. So so these are two, two strategies. I think um, I think any player would need to choose one of the two.
0: Um, let's talk about, about some of the trends we're seeing in food uh, in food delivery that or in, in the space here that maybe could add to other revenue streams in the longer term. Uh, ghost kitchens and virtual restaurants, in particular, are becoming quite popular, or you we're seeing uh, it rise. Um, how can uh, Food Panda and other food delivery uh, businesses position themselves to tap into this emerging trend uh, in in the food delivery business. Well, what are your thoughts on this? Let's Do uh, you have anything to say on this?
2: Uh, first, don't operate it yourself. Because it's <laughs> asset heavy, and uh, and it, there are lots of moving pieces that takes your management attention away. And uh, and second, I, I think for, for, for the people who are actually um, sort of in the food entrepreneurs who are thinking of leveraging the, the, the cloud kitchens or opening cloud kitchens themselves, uh, think about this as, as a way for to, you to quickly test the brand. But at the end of the day. In Southeast Asia, the bulk of the, 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 the food services demand is still offline. So, so and and uh, so at some point of time, after you have tested the brand, you need to start op- opening like offline uh, outlets, and that's a different kinds of unique, unique
0: economics. What do you see as the potential for things like ghost kitchens and virtual restaurants? Because what I'm hearing for, uh, like in the States, for example, you've basically got warehouses filled with uh, little kitchens in there so that food delivery uh, can riders can be around there to take the higher volume orders. Um, are you seeing similar patterns here in, in this region? Uh,
2: what's the name of that pizza joint which has been around for a while? Yeah. Um... T starts with the D dominos. Dominos Ah, Dominos. has been running that, 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 that... I mean, essentially, you look at the concept the same, right? You you look, you find a place with relatively low rent and but sufficient number of uh, residents or office workers uh, in the vicinity so that you can optimize the, the operations. Uh, I do think that uh, this is a possible business model, but uh, but that depends on a lot of things, right? In different cities, in different neighborhoods, the density is different, the consumption power is different, uh, the lunch and dinner pattern will be different. So so that requires lots of planning. So it's something that um, that is just just like planning retail business you need a lot of lot of planning to make sure that okay each store makes sense
0: Simon anything uh, you'd like to uh, add to that
1: no no I think uh, Jenga answered that question perfectly nothing to add
0: all right now let's uh, you know to wrap up this conversation you know we can't if when we talk about food delivery, um, all the packaging involved, you know, acts as a little bit of like a disconnect between the sustainability shift that we're seeing many enterprises move towards. Uh, so as we wrap up uh, this conversation today, uh, could you maybe get into some of the efforts that can be taken by food delivery players uh, to minimize their environmental footprint? Uh, and promote eco-friendly practices in the food delivery business. I know like Grab, for example, you can buy uh, carbon credits to have op- help offset that. But is there anything else that the industry is doing that you can share, uh, share some light with us today? Uh, Simon?
1: Yeah, so I do wonder how many people actually purchase these. <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, you know, for food delivery, definitely in terms of like uh, single-use plastic cutlery, that's something that um, I, th- I think the food, you know, platforms uh, have already sort of like changed default options and things like that. So that if you don't select that, you won't get the cutlery. So that definitely helps to save on plastic. And just in terms of making their delivery process more efficient, right, with their data so that the drivers um, are able to take more streamlined routes and not mix, you know, uh, longer like diversions or longer journeys than necessary. I think that will help to reduce emissions as well.
0: Uh, Jengen, anything to add to that before we wrap up? I think two points. I mean, first is
2: that when we talk about cutleries and stuff, right? I mean, uh, the platforms can help with the central procurement and which makes like uh, environmentally friendly uh, options more economical for the merchants in the ecosystem. And second, what they can do is actually to promote. Uh, effective disposal of the, of the cutleries and the uh, single-use uh, items, be it environmentally or not environmentally friendly. I think, uh, I think a big problem we see is that uh, things that are not properly disposed of. That actually impacts the environment um, probably bigger than uh, the production part.
0: Alright, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me on this call. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I was speaking with Simon Huang, Chief Analyst at Tech in Asia, as well as Jiangun Li, Founder of, and CEO of Momentum, Momentum Works. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find all our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other major podcast players. Just look up for, look up Enterprise Biz Bytes. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the one. PM News Bulletin. A K&M Group, a company under practice note 17, has been making headlines lately as several shareholders have, have submitted a notice to remove all existing KM directors. Chairman Tunku, Dr. Jakob Kira, who holds an indirect 9.4% stake in the company, talks to us about the developments behind the boardroom tussle, whether he has confidence of the majority of shareholders and the state of the company. I'm Roshan Kernison, keep it here to BFM89.9, The Business Station.